So I think that as far as parenting goes, I'm raising some bad habits. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to After Tech, the podcast where I give you a lesson with me or in me or around me or any other preposition associated with me. I am the professor, a.k.a. E for Energy, the head Energerian here at Aftertech. And on this show, as I have told you before, I give you my personal perspective, whether it apply to things that are going on in my life that have happened to me, my experiences, and just generally how I see the world. So focusing on parenting, I peruse the interwebs and the net and the social media And I usually pick up on different people and how they run their their families, or I shouldn't say run their families, but how they interact with their children or their spouses or whoever. And I'll be like, hmm, I see you. That looks good. Hmm, I see you at those events. That looks really great. Like, for instance, I'll see people here, even in the Anchorverse, where they'll be having these great interactions with kids. Dewan obviously has, I believe, five kids, and I'll be honest, I don't see how you do it, buddy. (laughs) That's a lot. That's a whole bunch, but he holds it down. He keeps it under control. He incorporates them into the the podcast. If you check out uh, Saha at Holistic, she definitely does a great job in keeping her kids on the podcast, interacting with them, uh, definitely being 100% authentic with them and letting them know what the deal is and even getting them on the up and up on different mantras and a positive mindset as well. Or I'll even see cyber shots and he'll talk about how he'll talk about his day to his kids and relay the information properly. And of course, the people in my own personal circle, a man, uh, G, he definitely takes care of his, his daughters and takes them to, to cheerleading events and He's usually there with a smile and, and some great pictures, uh, him and his wife. And I, I'll be looking at these things. I'm like, hmm, you guys are doing an exceptional job as parents. Definitely belong in the Parenting 101 Hall of Fame. I know that's not a thing, but maybe we can make that a thing because being a parent is it's it's rewarding. Don't get me wrong. But it has those moments where you're just like, mm, I don't care what manual they may provide. It has nothing on just general experience. Experience trumps anything anybody can write in a book, anybody, somebody, uh, third person or give you a third person perspective on it. They can tell you everything in the world. But until you're actually in the midst of it, then you'll know. So I alluded all that. And I'm going to go into my personal thing on how I do parenting or what I'm, I'm doing right now. Stay tuned. So it had to be at least 1983. I was around maybe two or three years old. And my mom would take my brother and I, because my sister was not born at the time, to the movies. Now... We've all been to the movies, and we know the popcorn is at least at least five to six dollars for a small cup. 
your medium runs you about six fifty now, and the large I think is like a seven fifty, which all in all is not bad. But then you start seeing the price of the candy and the same boxes that cost like a dollar at the Dollar Tree or fifty cents, or I should say seventy five cents at a another major retailer, and of course the phone comes in. So pause. So we can honestly say that the candy is very expensive. It costs a whole heap of bunch of more than I'm wanting to pay. So the way around it, as we all well know, is the smuggle or the smuggling. And personal definition of smuggling is taking something places where you're not supposed to. And in the case of the movie theaters, that is bringing outside food. Now, for people that have been living the straight and narrow and have been following all the rules, congratulations. But what I learned back in 83 or 84 at that first movie uh, representation or movie example is that you have to get you the big mama purse or some type of bag or some type of carrying case or some some deep pockets and you have to bring in food into the establishment on where you're going. So at that time, we liked McDonald's. McDonald's was like the, the big hit in the 80s. And I believe my mom would smuggle hamburgers, cheeseburgers, and fries. And then, of course, the the good old Twizzlers and some other types of candy materials. And this trend would follow well into my teens and well into my adult life. It was just the way things had to go. Like you would always bring things into the movies because we were not trying to help the movie theater out by paying exorbitant amounts for for candy and, and popcorn. It just financially doesn't make sense. It's the better deal. Is it wrong? Uh, I guess so. Does it make me a bad person? Uh, in certain people's eyes, it may. But the way I saw it is that's what I learned. I learned that from my parents. My dad definitely didn't have a problem with it. My mom obviously didn't have a problem with it because she had the purse. So it was fun times. And it's like you you have to understand where you come from and what you learn. So, I mean... People have great examples of what they teach your children, but I'm taking it in a different direction and I'll let you know how. And I always like framing things in a mission format. Like, I think that's pretty cool. I think me or my son and I have watched enough movies or enough television shows to understand that when you have to break it down like a debriefing, like, hey, here's the mission. This is what we're going to do. We're going to take this and we're going to take that. We're going to put those things together and then we're going to merge it. And then we're going to reformat it. Then see you on the other side. Slap hands. All right. All right. So I had to inform my son how it was going to go. We're going to go into this movie. We're going to get the snacks prior to going into the movie. We've got to figure out a way how, because one, 
They've outlawed the policy for the big bags. This is what the theaters know. They know we're bringing stuff in. They know people don't bring or they don't serve Indian food at the concession stands. It's a standard snack representation at the concession stand. It's nachos, it's popcorn, and it's candy. I mean, things have changed a little bit within the few, I guess, the past recent years, but they know what they have in their establishment. So they're on to us. They know that we bring in stuff from the outside. It's no big secret. It's it's something that people do on a regular basis. It's part of the American culture. I can honestly say that. And knowing that, I was like, okay, you and me, JXC, we got to come up with a mission. And he's like, what? How are we going to do this, Dad? I'm like, well, here's how we do it. Now, of course, we're approaching the summer months. So to wear big coats during the summer months is going to be suspicious. But we're still in the spring and we're in a place where the weather tends to change at a drop of a dime. So if you have lived close to the vicinity of Atlanta, Georgia, you know that the weather can drop at a snap of your fingers or a drop of a dime, whatever other euphemism you want to use. It changes very quickly. So I was like, we can still use not necessarily coats, but perhaps we can use fleece jackets or something with some nice deep pockets. Plus, we got jeans because we're dudes. We're men. We wear jeans. Not necessarily the big floppy pockets because that was an age and I have to wear tighter jeans now that I get older and pull them above my waistline. So I said, this is what we're going to do. First, we got to figure out what we're going to get. We got to go case the place we're going to. And of course, we went to a major retailer, not going to name their name because I don't want them after me. <laughs> Sounds like I'm doing something high level, but it's not. Anyway, uh, so we're like casing what we want to get. I was like, okay, what do you want to get? Well, I want. He's like, I want to get the the jalapeno Cheetos. I say, that's fine, that's fine, but check it out. The big size, or even the sharing size bag, which is roughly sixteen to twenty ounces, is far too big to stuff inside a a jacket pocket or even your jean pocket. So what are we going to do? He's like, I don't know. You're running this, Dad. I don't I don't understand. I said, okay, this is what we got to do. We got to go to the paper goods aisle. You feel me? You got to go to the paper goods aisle and get the sandwich bags, okay? And then we're going to take the Cheetos and distribute them to the sandwich bags and then put the sandwich bags in the pocket. He's like, oh, okay. Because at first he's like, okay, I want to get these bag of Oreos, and I want to get this bag of cookies. I was like, no, 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 no. We can't get things that are big for them. We got to get things that are easily compartmentalized We can so it can be compact. We got to be able to com- compact it inside the pockets. You feel me? Okay. That's twice I said you feel me. I don't know how many times I'm going to say it. Anyway, so I was like, okay, get Cheetos. And I was like, okay, what else? What are you going to get there? I said, I'm going to get these, these Lance crackers, these Lance cookies, okay? Because guess what? They already come in a compact format. They're in the the six by, what was it, six by two? Anyway, they come in six cookies per pack. So we know we can put that in the pockets. He's like, good, we're good, we're good. Okay, cool. Now we got to go to the car because we can't do this in front of the theater. We got to go to the car and construct the pockets, the pocketization. We got to do the pocket work, all right? So I was like, okay, got our jackets. 
You had to open up the Cheeto bag, put them into two sandwich bags. All right, you put that in the left and the right, big pockets of the jacket. Cool? Cool. All right. Then next, what we got to do, I got to take my sandwich cookies that are in the Lance pads, <laughs> Lance bags, <laughs> Lance bags, or Lance packaging, and I'm going to put two in the pocket, two in my back pocket, and then two on my side pocket, and then one in one of your jacket pockets, and then we're ready to go. And then close the door of the car, then we're walking to the theater. So we're walking, we're walking, and I notice something. Hmm. There's a noise coming from the pockets because of all the plastic. And typically, when you start walking with plastic, you hear the crinkle crackle. Got the crinkle crackles going on. So we got the crinkle crackles going on. And I'm like, oh, man. Okay, listen, JXC, what you got to do is you got to walk slower. Because we can't walk super fast because you're going to have the crinkle cracks. You can't have the crinkle cracks it's like that when you're walking upstairs in your house and you try not to make a noise. But somehow, some way, there's like a like on that one stair that you always try to avoid, but it happens anyway. So I was like, oh, we'll just have to do it. You know, we'll just have to walk a little bit slower. So we get to the the, you know, the ticket line and the usher is going to take you know our tickets and turn them. And I was like, OK, let's do the slow walk. Do the slow up, play it cool. We made it past, people. Can you believe it? Yes. This is like the, I want to say this is the second or third successful smuggling mission. And I was like, all right, cool. Now we just got to get to our seats. And I was like, high five. So we did, the, we did the high five and it was like, all right. We sat down and we sat down for our movie. And then the JXC said to me, he said, hey, dad. I said, what? I said, he said, can I, can I start eating my, my Cheetos? I said, hey, we done already made it past the usher. We are, we, uh, plum free. What's it? What's that word? We're scot free. Man, I got to figure out what the origin of scot free is. I said, yeah, we're scot free. We can go ahead and start eating our snacks right now, right through the, the preview. So we, we decided to just go ahead and go ahead and sit down and eat. And that was a successful smuggling mission. Am I proud of it? Uh, yeah, I am very proud of it. I'm, I'm happy to see I'm passing on the tradition of smuggling in um, in a Han Solo type of way. Mm-hmm. I got I got my hands on my hips right now because that's the that's a sign of of proudness or proudadity. Yeah, proudadity. I made that up. But next, we're gonna talk about the movie that we actually see or saw and give my review on it next. Shazam! Hey, everybody. <laughs> so, if you can obviously tell by that loud exclamation, we saw the movie Shazam. And Shazam, according to Wikipedia, is a 2019 American superhero film based on DC Comics character of the same name. Produced by New Line Cinema and distributed by Warner Brothers Picture, it is the seventh installment of the DC Extended Universe directed by David F. Sandberg from a screenplay by Henry Gaiden and a story by Gaiden and Darren Lumpke. The film stars Asher Angel as Billy Batson, a teenage boy who can transfer into a adult superhero played by Zachary Levy, Mark Strong, Jack Dylan Grazier, and Dijon Honso also star. So, yes, I saw the movie Shazam. 
And like it said, it's about a, a 14-year-old boy who was having a lot of struggles. Uh, he's an orphan, and he's looking for his mother. And yada, 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 he eventually ends up in the weird wizard headquarters? What does a wizard live into? Hell, a lair, a wizard cave, and acquires the the powers of Shazam. And I believe if we're talking about the power set that he gets, I believe it's like the like the strength of Atlas, the wisdom of Solomon, the um, lightnings of Zeus, and I'm trying to think of any other any other um, superhero human abilities, yes, but super strength, super uh, super durability, super speed, uh, flight. What else? Lightning bolts or lightning projection is his power set. But all in all, I mean, I know I gave my review on Captain Marvel, and I, I remember what I said about it. And and looking back upon it, yeah, I mean, Captain Marvel was good, but. The Shazam movie, I have to say, out of the entire DC Extended Universe, this probably is easily the best film. And the reason being, and this is just me, is that what you'll see in a lot of different superhero films, and this is including Marvel as well, not necessarily MCU, but more so the... I want to say the Fox or the Singerverse version of the X-Men, you see a lot of these superhero films, they feel taxing or the idea of having superpowers is burdensome or you're seen as a monster or you're seen as a freak of nature and you're not really reveling in the, the gift that's been given. And in the case of Shazam, like being that he has the mindset or he is a 14-year-old child, that's given these abilities, he actually has a whole lot of fun with it where you get to see people and how they would react to getting a, a full-on, like, a boost of superpowers and what they would do with it. Like, I really enjoyed seeing that. Like, even in this modern age where they would try to film, film it on YouTube just to get likes and, and views in order to create a, a better brand, like we saw on, what's it called? Hanson, Hudson, whatever, movie with Will Smith. It's it's beyond me now, maybe because I just didn't like it as much. But um, I thought that was a really great aspect. And another point that I liked about it is they had, there's a group home that's involved with uh, Billy. He's He doesn't have a mom, so he's an orphan. He's running away a whole lot. And they put him in this group home with a group of kids. And I have to tell you, I've seen a lot of foster homes or a lot of group homes or orphans in different movies. And this definitely has the best or the best acting as of late with recent films. The child actors in the foster home do such a great job in wanting you to connect with the characters and be involved. And you're emotionally attached to each one of them. Like, for instance, there's a little girl in here. Uh, that plays a character, Darla, and she is a very, I guess you can say very connected and a very emotional child. And she's a big hugger and she tries to make people feel calm and she talks a, a whole lot. 
And there's a scene in the movie where she's trying to give Billy, the main character, a hug. And Billy's, you know, he's trying to be the the lone wolf and uh, I can take care of myself. He's like, you know, I'm not your real brother. So we don't have to do any hugging on on this day of school. And I don't know. It's just great acting. But she turns and she makes this face like she's her soul just got crushed after, you know, extending or opening her heart and it just being jabbed with a thousand needles. And she just makes this face. And I was just it it almost it almost got me. <laughs> it almost got me. But I, I got I got my composure back. But that's just putting it mildly on how much um, work the child actors or these young actors did in the film to make you really believe in it. Um, I think for Shazam, what they did, and I think we can honestly say this, they took a a, a bit of a, a few chapters or a few pages out of the Marvel out of the Marvel book of how to tell a story, and they made it fun and lighthearted and had a lot of, not a lot, but a decent amount of comedy. And obviously it's lighthearted. Obviously there's a lot of comedic aspects to it, but there's also an emotional core with the the main character where you, you feel something for them, but you also feel it with their supporting cast. However, if they are taking from the Marvel handbook, what they also did is the villain in the story, it's, I mean, if you look at it from another angle, yeah, I can see what another story they're trying to tell. And that's for another day. But it the the villain is the standard status quo. I'm just doing evil to be evil. Yeah, I had some trouble in my childhood and I'm trying to rectify those by acquiring power, but ultimately there's not a lot of depth there. I believe Mark Strong is playing Dr. Stavana and we see where his ties come from and we see how he kind of is trying to rectify those ties, but he's just an evil bad guy doing evil things. So that would probably be the the smaller point or the, you know, the, I guess the considered bad, but it's not really that bad. So all in all, uh, I, there was there are parts that I did giggle at. There's parts that I did laugh at. And I think that's for me, the one person that likes, that likes comedy. I mean, and, and I like the emotional drama stuff as well, but that one, it worked. So, I mean, without going too far into it and making this super long, it's a good film. I think people should definitely check it out. I mean, don't, I mean, while it's still at the theaters, but if you do wait for it to get to the dollar movie theater, because I am looking out for my bargain hunters out there. I mean, you can check it out then. And if you don't want to do any of that, definitely check it out when it comes out on, on video or DVD. But honestly, if they take, I guess a step or they take a few notes from Shazam, you can really have a great DCEU if you take the characters and you develop the characters within their own trilogies before you start doing a Justice League film. It can work. It's possible. Like this movie is self-contained. It wasn't concerned with Dawn of Justice or Aquaman or Wonder Woman. It was just self-contained talking about Shazam. And that's really all you needed to see. So next, I'm just going to do my little takeaway and then let y'all take it away with whatever you're doing in your life. So the thing about being a parent or being a father, especially with fathers and sons, maybe even with mothers and daughters, I'm not, not 100% sure. But with fathers and sons, 
everything you do around them, they typically emulate. So that's really why it's important to be in their lives. But what you have to understand is that when you are in their life, everything that you move or everything, every, however you move and however you speak and any gestures that you do will be copied. They'll copy it to the nth degree. And then when you'll see it, you'll be like, are you doing that because you're doing that? Or are you doing that because I'm doing that? And typically it's the latter. They're doing it because you do that. So I know I see a, a lot of great fathers out here on Instagram and a lot of great fathers. I hear about their their uh, their trials, not trials. I hear about their good works on Anchor or in other podcasts or other media formats. But I'm honestly happy about teaching, smuggling. I mean, I teach good things too, like taking responsibility, making sure you don't lie, uh, making sure you show up for your jobs. I said that, showing up for your jobs. Take care of the people around you. You Make sure you show the right type of affection toward people. Make sure you don't show too much affection to people. And generally talk, talk out your problems, talk out your emotions, talk about those things. Like I know I'm, I'm teaching those things to my son because I know he's going to pick up on, on all those things. So even when I get frustrated or mad, what I have to do or what I try to do a lot of times in my case is sit down, you know, look him in the face and tell him, tell him what is, what isn't. And right now, you know, he makes it, super easy. Whether or not he retains it, I mean, it'll show in his interactions outside of the household, but I'm I'm definitely proud of what he's doing. But I'm also very proud of what, what I'm doing as far as taking the lessons that I learned from my father, my father, my father, my father, my father and my mother from my parents and some of the some of the good things, some of the great things, but also some of the things that also need some work. And I think that's what's very important is once you get to a certain age, you can say, well, that's how I was raised and that's what they taught me. And I mean, that's just who I am. You have to really take a step back and be like, well, is that really who you are or are you just playing a part that was told to you. See, now once you get to be once you get to be an adult and you have to take care of somebody else, then that's when the necessary steps come into am I doing this because you told me to do this or am I doing this because I that's who I am. That's who I really am. And that's what I'm discovering with the JXC is that I'm discovering who I really am and where I want to go. So if I have any issues that I've ever had with any adult in my life or any of the teachings, I don't have to accept said teachings. I can honestly write my own book because when you're raising children, you are writing your own book. You, you're you not taking from any pamphlet or handbook. I mean, there are tips out there, but it, it really, if we're using the example from the Fried Oreo podcast, everybody cooks differently. So... 
everybody's going to parent differently. So we can't shake our fingers unless it's something that's in a very abusive case. But in my case right now, I know it's uh, something that comes from the heart. So it works. So make sure that you are understanding that you are a product of your environment and you are a product of programming. But understand that when you write a brand new code or a brand new program, it is solely up to you. And they will take from it wholeheartedly and put it out there into the world. And they may keep it and then they may change it and do something differently when they have to write their own code. So long story long, write your own code. And remember, this is E for Energy. A quick little update. I know some people have been sending me voice messages. And because the LG Stylo was a very promoted phone, I definitely wasn't taking as good of care of it as I thought I was. And eventually the screen became very unresponsive. So it's hard to send text messages. It's hard to type things up unless it's being responsive for that small bracket of time. And on top of that, the Anchor app crashed on the phone. So I was like, I can't really access Anchor without it crashing every time. So it won't boot up. So I'm going to have to find another way to or go back to an old phone and access Anchor in that manner. But Anchor's not working on the phone. So if you send me a voice message, I accept it. Uh, it's going to be hard to respond. If you want to contact me, remember, you can contact me on Gmail at aftertechtalk at gmail.com. I am also on Facebook at aftertechtalk. You can type that in, <laughs> join me, or view the page. I will have some of the shows on there. And... Where else can you contact me? That's pretty much it. I'm on Twitter, After Tech Talk, or After Tech. And, of course, I'm on the Instagram. Just understand, don't send things you're not supposed to send, but send, you know, send criticism, comments, questions. I take all those things. I'm down for questions. But I'm out. Y'all have a great day, evening, or existence, and peace. But remember... There is no thing without.